Great job, didn't he? That's hard to... <laughs> <laughs> He's not reading anything. That's hard to do. It really is. And I was talking to Sam afterward, and he said, look, I'm wearing the same exact clothes so that people will recognize, and they'll see me out. He's got the hat. He's got the same shirt on and everything. He's doing an awesome job. Awesome job. Thank you, Sam, for that. And seriously, they worked very hard. The team worked very hard on this. So make sure you're do downloading that app. It's really going to be the main focus of how we get information here at Grace Chapel. So make sure you take the time to download that app. All right. We are continuing our series, The Big Ten. We will not talk about what happened last week. It has nothing to do with the sermon. And I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about the championship game when I wrote this sermon series. So we'll just let that go, okay? Let it pass, so let it go. This morning I want to read from Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. It says this, You shall have no other gods before me. Well, that sounds pretty simple, right? I mean, you would think of a person, if, you, if a person knows God and understands who God is, that they would want to put him first in their lives. You would think that um, if a person calls himself a follower of Christ, then it would be really second nature to then, to then focus their lives on worshiping him. We want to worship our God. Why? Well, first, first, because God is the creator of all things. Let's talk about our God for a second. God is a creator of all things. And in Genesis, in Genesis it, it basically says that God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything. Now I'm going to share a couple verses with you. And I want you to kind of listen for a theme here. Genesis 2, 7 and 8 says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18, 21, and then 22, it says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and, the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a, a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, baby, now you're talking. No, it doesn't say that, you know. But as you go to school and you learn these things, you learn to read between the lines, okay? And you know that's what he said the first time he saw the woman. God fa and God fashioned this woman, so he brought him to Adam. Adam, uh, it doesn't say that, but I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Now, I read those verses to you, okay, because I wanted to pick out some words there, and it says, the Lord God, the Lord, it says, the Lord God, over and over and over and over again, the Lord God, the Lord God formed, and the Lord God planted, and the Lord God said, and the Lord God caused, and the Lord God fashioned, and the Lord God took, and the Lord God made, over and over, the Lord God, the Lord God is the one who put everything in its place. The Lord God is the one who did it all. He created every, everything he gives. And not only did he create it all, but he gives meaning and purpose to everything. He gives meaning and purpose to us. To the stars that you see when you look up to the heavens, 
to the trees that we just, just nature all around us, to the rivers that flow through the earth, to the blood that flows through our veins. God gave life to everything. God gives meaning and purpose to everything. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. Nothing else in this world is worthy of our adoration or our praise or our worship or our trust, but God and God alone. So it says, God says, you will have no other gods before me. So I want to ask you a question this morning. You don't have to raise your hand if you are, but uh, the question is, are you a polytheist? say, what's a polytheist? A polytheist is a person who believes in more than one God. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? We're all in here together. We have one true God. I'm not a polytheist. Well, then my next question is, because I'm never going to make this easy. My next question is, do you live like a polytheist? You say, I'm not a polytheist. Well, then, okay, you're not a polytheist. But do we, do, do, do I live like a polytheist? Do you live like a polytheist? You're thinking, well, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't. Okay, let's, let's do a test. Um, where, do you, where do you put your hope? Be honest. I want you to think this through because we, we want to grow and become more like Christ. So where do you put your hope? In, in whom or what do you put your trust? You say, in the one true God, of course. In, in, in God and God alone. Okay, I have another little test for you. I want you to finish this sentence. Just think it to yourself. First thing that comes to mind. Okay, you had a really terrible day. It was a rough week. It was a rough day. And after your rough day, you come home. You say, man, I had a really tough day. I need... A... First thing that came to mind. A really hard day. I need... A... Did first thing that come to your mind, I need, I need to spend time in the Word of God. I need to spend time in prayer, in fellowship with God. I just need to spend time in prayer with my Lord. I need to, oh, with all that's been going on, I need to trust that God is going to help me through the challenges and difficulties that I'm facing. Now, I did it with some, I, I actually had this conversation with someone else this week, and I, I said, okay, finish this sentence. Man, I had a really, really hard day. I need a, and they, and they started smiling because they knew the first thing that came to their mind, and it wasn't, I need to spend time in the Word, or I need to spend time in prayer with my God. That wasn't what came to mind. So the question is, what came to your mind? Because that's really what you're putting, you're, you're putting your trust in that. You're saying that that is somehow going to relieve that difficulty of that day. So we got to think about the nuances here, all right? Um, to have another God before me means to Means to, means to worship or uh, adore, have devotion to, trust in, or hope in something or someone other than the one true God. That's what it means. That you're, 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 you are giving yourself to something other and what you hope and what you trust in, what you, you, where's your adoration, where's your praise into something other than the one true God. And, and, and you'd say, well, okay, I don't, I'm not doing that. It sounds, it sounds pretty simple, but the reality is, here, here's the reality of, of our lives. 
instead of putting God number one and that, not, that number one position, instead of doing that, believers often consider faithfulness to God as a secondary priority. It's secondary. And, and this is so easy to do. Don't be, don't be sitting here thinking, man, I'm the, everybody else has really got it together. And I, boy, he's, when, I, when he said, you know, I get home in a hard day, I need a, and it, it wasn't the Bible that came to my mind. It wasn't spend time with the Lord that came to my mind. But everybody else would know. This is really, this is really difficult. This is why God, I mean, this is a priority. These are priorities. But we make faithfulness to God a secondary priority. We, we, we never actually say it, but God becomes an addition to our already busy schedule instead of our source, instead of our source of hope, instead of our source of contentment, instead of, instead of our, our, our source of strength, our source of decision-making. We, 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 we let other things dictate how we make decisions, and God is not the source of, of our strength and our decision-making. But we don't want to come right out and say that. We don't actually say it. But that's, that's how we live. So God says, first things first here, he says, you will have no other gods before me. Now the word translated, and this is interesting, the word translated before, okay, it, it, it doesn't mean, um, it doesn't have anything to do with time or rank. When he says before, it's not, it has nothing to do with time or time or rank. It's saying God is not just number one, he's the only one. I got a whole, well, God's first, and then I have all these other things, and I put most of my trust in him, and then I put some of my trust in, and I do some of this. No, 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 no. He's not just number one, he's the only one. He, the, one of the best ways to describe it for me is that God is the son, and everything else in my life revolves around that. Work, school, home life, sports, hobbies, whatever, you name it, everything in my life revolves around God. He's not just number one, he's the only one. You put your hope in nothing else. You put your trust in nothing else. He is it. See, the struggle, the struggle that we all, we all face, the struggle that we all face is trying to live in the presence of God because that's the way you accomplish the first commandment. You live your life in the presence of God and the struggle we face is trying to live our lives consistently, completely, every day, in every situation in the presence of God. We, we struggle with that. We struggle with keeping him close. We struggle with keeping our relationship with God uh, uh, personal and intimate. There are so many people who go to church but don't have an intimate, personal relationship with God. There are so many people going through the motions. Remember I said during communion, I said, What's profoundly amazing to me as a pastor after so many years of being a Christian is that it hit me hard that I don't have to earn God's love. But there are people in, who go to church 
And honestly, God's not the priority because they, he, they think, oh, I, I just have to, I'll go to church and do, I'll do my thing. Going to church is one of the things I do uh, to keep from going to hell or that God won't get me or that I have to do in order to make him feel like he's going to love me. And we get this, we get this kind of convoluted thought process. God is God. He's number one. And the way that we keep him number one, the way we make him number one, is to live our entire existence in the presence of God. But that becomes exceptionally difficult. That's why God reminds us over and over throughout his word, you shall have no other gods before me. In verse 3, before me literally means to my face. That's what it means. Before me means to my face. It's the same phrase that would be used of a man who then goes and takes a second wife when his wife, who he's still married to, is still alive. Okay? To my face. You're bringing something to my face. It's like your wife, my wife or your wife, whoever wife comes to you and says, you know, I like you a lot. Boring, I love you, okay? I do love you. But I'm going to get another husband along with you because you're okay. You're okay, but you're not sufficient. So I like you. I love you. You're okay. You do a decent job, but, you know, trust. And and so I'm going to bring another husband in because you're not sufficient. In this verse, it talks about God being jealous. I want you to process through that. Into your face. You're bringing other things into this relationship. And what, you're, what, the, what it's basically saying here is you breach this exclusive, intimate relationship. When you bring other things, when something else is even in competition with God, you're, you're breaking this exclusive relationship. God's not interested in even being first. He's the only and again, everything that I think, everything that I do, my attitude, the attitude of my heart revolves around my relationship with God. It should be the goal of every single believer, every single follower of Jesus Christ to make sure that nothing, no God, no idol, no person, no pleasure, no, no activity, um, it, you, you name it, task, interest, okay, comes before him in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, in my strength. Nothing can come even close and rank up with God. That should be the goal of every Christian, that we make sure that nothing ever steals our heart. Nothing ever becomes close to the same category as our God. Every plan, every single day, should be focused on and directed by Him. Let me say that again. Every plan, every day, should be focused on and directed by Him. Every, everyone. We should have no thoughts beyond God, okay? No thoughts beyond Him, and no, no plans that don't include Him. Not a thought. 
everything we do, every decision that we make. In James chapter 4, verse 13 through 15, it says this. Now listen, you who say, because we do this all the time, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there carrying on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it be the Lord's will, we will live and do this and do that. Because who's the creator and sustainer of life itself? God. Who gives you the breath that you breathe? God. So we, (laughs) there are no thoughts, there should be no thoughts beyond him and no choices, okay, that don't, no plans that don't include him. I'm going to, how am I going to write this business proposal? Include God. I'm not saying write God's name in your business proposal. I'm saying allow God to be a part of that process. How am I going to raise my children? How, how am I going to, what am I going to, where am I going to go? How am I going to live? What am I going to, what are my choices? Everything should include God. There should be nothing, no thought beyond that. Listen, recently I checked my house and I didn't see any um, carvings of any kind or any statues made of wood or made of metal. Um, and so I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I've got this one down. You don't have to worry about it. this one. This one I'm okay with. Let's move on to, I can't wait to the second commandment because this one is not difficult for me. Well, there are other ways that you have gods before the one true God. Uh, money. Sex, fame, power. I can, honestly, we could go, I, I, we could list these and go on and on. Anything, anything, even something that you would describe as, as something that is good, that takes the place of the one true God, is breaking the first commandment. Even a good thing, even, even good. I'm not talking about like all these, oh, sex and money and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about something even good that takes the place of the one true God, breaks the first commandment. The Bible, the Bible, like I said earlier, is absolutely clear, okay, clear on how we should, in the Old and New Testament, on how we should live our lives. Absolutely clear. We are told repeatedly how we should live, the attitude that we should have. New Testament, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Old Testament, Joshua 22, verse 5. But be careful, very careful, to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave you to love the Lord your God to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with your heart and your soul. They asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, 37, trying to you know, get him to kind of slip up. What, what, is, what is the greatest commandment of law? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. Over and over again in the Bible. It says the same thing in Luke chapter 10 and verse 27. You jump to the Old Testament. It says the exact same thing in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. And then in Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12. And then in Deuteronomy 13. 
11, 13, and then 13, verse 3, and then verse 30 and verse 6 in Deuteronomy. Over and over and over. We could go on. It says the same thing. Here's the deal, my friends. If the Bible repeats something that often, if it makes it such a high priority, this is something we should be focused on. This is, be, this is something that we should, but we, should, we should wrap our minds around, that we should take very seriously. Here's how you are to live. It's not like the first commandment, and then it's not said anymore. It's not. This is a theme throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. Is there really anything? else left love him with your entire being and nothing else should rival God I think what happens and the reason we struggle is we we spend so much time pursuing what and and I'm 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 including myself so don't this isn't at you this is with you we spend so much time pursuing what we consider necessary this is, oh, we got to, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. Or, or en- engrossing ourselves, honestly, in the unnecessary that we kind of push God out. We, we don't have room for him because we're doing all the necessary. And then, honestly, if we're being honest, we engross ourselves in the unnecessary. And then there seems to be no time left for God. And again, I, I want you to hear this, and I'm, and I'm really talking to myself as well. But there, there, is, there is never, never a good enough reason to allow, any, to allow anything in our lives to be more, more prominent than, than the one true God. There's no excuse. There's nothing. Well, you have to understand. Because like, I'm going to go back to the sun. Your, your career, your home, your school, your friends, your whatever, you name it, your sports, your, your activities, your hobbies, doesn't matter. All of those things can be brought into a place where you can worship God doing and experiencing all those things. I'm going to go home when this is over, we have lunch or whatever, and I'm going to watch probably two games today. See, oh, you're, you're unnecessary time. No, not at all. I'm, gonna, I'm hopefully going to get some family members over and we'll sit down and we'll experience the game together and I will invest in their lives. I will teach my grandchildren the proper way to experience football, right? <laughs> kind of food you eat, whatever else. No, I'm building relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, investing in other people. You can worship God while watch, I'll watch, I'll watch, I'll watch. I said this before, you can worship God by eating your, a food that is just, you put something in your mouth and your, your taste buds come alive. God created your taste buds. So what you do, what you do is you thank God for your taste buds. You thank God for someone who's so amazing, they actually, number one, he created whatever is going into your mouth, and that someone was skilled by him enough to make it taste so amazing that your taste buds come alive. You just praise God for it. You can include God in every part of your life, but we exclude him by doing things that are necessary or things that are basically unnecessary. We need with all of our hearts to realize that our God has given us life and that that our God has given us life, our God 
sustains life. Our God gives meaning and purpose to everything that we do. The earth, the universe was created by him and was created for his pleasure. Therefore, he is, our God is worthy of honor. Our God is worthy of our praise. Our God is worthy of our devotion. Our God is worthy of our adoration. We need to put our trust in him and him alone. It is a sin. It is actually just flat out wrong to put your hope and trust in another person. It's wrong to put that on them. They are not capable of fulfilling all of your hopes and all of your dreams and all of your trust and all of... They're going to fall short. Don't create a rival for your God. Put it all in Him. Let other people come around and be conformed to the image of Christ and come around and encourage and support and love and encourage whatever it is for you, but don't put that on them. If you're, you're going to get married soon or if you're just newly married, you better wipe out, off the, wipe out of your mind that you're putting your hope, the hope of your happiness of your contentment and your joy in your husband or your wife. That's not fair. It is not right. It's breaking the first commandment, and you're sinning, so stop doing it. It's going to harm your relationship with them, and it's harming your relationship with God. We should put our trust in nothing else because He is holy, He is awesome, He is mighty, He is pure, He is worthy of our worship. Because he is creator, he is redeemer, he is restorer, he is worthy of our worship. Because he is who he is, he is worthy of our worship. That's why in, that's why in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 it says, You shall have no other gods before me. Because he, listen, he and he alone is sovereign. He and He alone is Lord, and the Lord God, and the Lord God, He alone is Lord. He alone is God. He alone is the great I Am. He alone. That's why we don't want to break the first commandment. Because of everything He is. Bow your heads with me. Let us take just a moment and let's process through and think about who he is, what he's done, what he offers. Just the simplest thing I said before, that he loves you unconditionally. You don't have to earn his love. There is no one like you, Lord. You have no rival. You have no equal. And I pray, dear God, that you would have no rival and no equal in every single one of the lives of people in this room. That we would finally realize what's most important. And that as giving our entire existence... As Romans says that we would literally offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. May this be our spiritual act of worship. Why? Because you're the great. You're the great I am. And nothing compares to you.
Would you stand and sing this out with us?
We love you guys. Have a great week.